As I mentioned before, this season we will be talking a lot more about some principles, but I know I've already kind of set a, a precedent so far with this first episode and some of the episodes that are to come. And they are still discipleship related, dealing with us and our discipline and our growing spiritually and even how to witness and to be a disciple in the way, I guess, that we would traditionally think about and maybe not necessarily biblically alone, but just also to work and to be a disciple, both in our discipline and the way that we live our life to be a witness for Christ. But. I know a lot of the things that I've been feeling led to do have been to work on the introspection and to build these weak areas of breaches because honestly for me, nothing's really changed. Well, yes, a lot has changed spiritually, a lot of lessons, growth, and there's even areas where I didn't even realize were breaches because they weren't necessarily sin. Because here's the, here's the thing, and I already knew this, I already was kind of like this, but I didn't realize how deceptive things can be because the worst thing about deception is you don't know you're deceived until, if you do figure out, but when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. And the thing is, you can have a positive mindset all you want, and you should. You, the Bible actually instructs you, you should have a positive mindset. And it's easy when you see things for what they are for you not to have that. And the Bible does instruct you to gird up your mind and to have a positive mindset. So that is not what I'm preaching against or anything like that. We need to have a positive mindset. But the Bible also instructs us that we need to be able to grow up and to discern between good and evil. Because if you only look at things for good and you only look at good things, you will be deceived when Satan shows up as an angel of light. And if there's any time where we need to have know the difference between the true light and the false light and the true way and the false way and the deceptive way, this is the time. So as always, we're about to just go on ahead and dive deep into this episode. Like I said, this season, I'm not really playing the games and doing all the extra fanatics or whatever <laughs> i guess not fanatics <laughs> theatrics this season but before i get started with whatever god has let me to talk about today i'd like to open up with a word of prayer so dear heavenly father i thank you for this day i thank you for everything that you provided for us i pray that you would give the audience the ears of the learners as well as me that i can hear and that you would give us the tongue of the learn so that we can apply this message and we can hear your voice and we can move and operate in wisdom. I pray that you would enlighten our eyes by your commandment and by your word. I pray Lord, that you would lead us and guide us and mature us, Lord, that we would be able to discern. I pray that you would pour out of your spirit the discernment that is needed, that you would grow us, that you would pour out of your spirit your wisdom, your understanding, your counsel, your might, the knowledge and the fear of the Lord, your godliness, the ability to judge within our minds and to discern between what is good, what is evil, what is deception. And I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would break the covering, that you would break the veil of deception in the name of Jesus, by the mighty power of your blood and by your spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 
So the first passage of scripture I have here, and it's a little bit on the lengthy end, but I can read through it decently quickly, is going to be found in Daniel chapter 11, and we'll be starting with verse one. So it says the following. Also, I, in the first year of Darius the Mede, even I stood to confirm and to strengthen him. And now I will show thee the truth. So this is what this is all about. The truth of what is really going on in Daniel's situation. So there might be a reason why he needed to be shown the truth as I'm even getting started with this. He needed to be shown the truth. So this is why it's so important for us to pray for wisdom and revelation, because the truth could be there, but we need to have it shown to us at times. We need to learn how to perceive that. We need to learn to pray for God to give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation. So picking back up at verse two, and now we'll show you the truth. Behold, there shall stand up yet three kings in Persia, and the fourth shall be far richer than they all. And by his strength, through his riches, he shall stir up all against the realm of Grecia. And a mighty king shall stand up and shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And when he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken and shall be divided toward the four winds of heaven and not to do not to his prosperity, posterity, nor according to his dominion, which he ruled for his kingdom shall be plucked up even for others beside those. And the king of the south shall be strong and one of his princes, and he shall be strong above him and have his dominion shall be a great dominion. And in the end of years, they shall join themselves together for the king's daughter of the south shall come to the king of the north to make an agreement. But she shall not retain the power of the arm, neither shall he stand nor his arm, but she shall be given up and they that brought her and he that begat her and he that strengthened her in the, these times. But out of a branch of her roots shall one stand up in his estate and shall come with an army and it shall enter into the fortress of the king of the north and shall deal against them and shall prevail and shall carry captives into Egypt, their gods and their princes and with their precious vessels of silver and of gold. And he shall continue more years than the king of the north. So the king of the south shall come into his kingdom and shall return into his own land. But his son shall be stirred up and shall assemble a multitude of great forces. And one shall certainly come and overflow and pass through. Then shall he return and be stirred up, even to his fortress. And the king of the south shall be moved with choler, choler, <laughs> whichever way you pronounce that, but basically move with strife. So, and he shall come forth and fight with him, even with the king of the north. And he shall set forth a great multitude, but the multitude shall be given into his hand. And when he hath taken away the multitude, his heart shall be lifted up and he shall cast down many ten thousands, but he shall not be strengthened by it. For the king of the north shall return and shall set forth a multitude greater than the former and shall certainly come after certain years with a great army 
and with much riches. And in those times there shall be many stand up against the king of the south. Also robbers of thy people shall exalt themselves to establish the vision, but they shall fall. So the king of the north shall come and cast up a mount and take the most fenced cities and the arms of the south shall not withstand. Neither shall his chosen people, neither shall there be any strength to withstand. But he shall, but he that cometh against him shall do according to his own will and none shall stand before him. And he shall stand in the glorious land, which by his hand shall be consumed. He shall set his face to enter with strength of his whole kingdom and upright ones with them. Thus shall he do. And he shall give him the daughter of woman corrupting her, but she shall not stand on his side, neither be for him. After this shall he return into the face of the isles and shall take many, but a prince for his own behalf shall cause the reproach offered by him to cease without his own reproach, and he shall cause it to turn upon him. Then shall he turn his face toward the fort in his own land, and he shall stumble and fall and not be found. Then shall stand up in his estate a raiser of taxes and the glory of the kingdom. But within a few days he shall be destroyed, neither in anger nor in battle. And his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom. But he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flattery. So we see all the different ways that all these different kingdoms worked before. But this is the main one that I wanted to focus on. And there are some themes, if you were just listening to maybe from the last podcast, too, that maybe you could have picked up on. But that's not the main focus for this podcast. I, w- I really want to focus on this area. So. Verse 21 again, and in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably, not peacefully, but peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Another word for flatteries is with intrigues to be intriguing to be maybe even seductive and with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him and shall be broken yea also the prince of the covenant and after the league made with him he shall work deceitfully for he shall come up and shall be strong with a small people He shall enter peaceably, even upon the fattest places of the province, and he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers. He shall scatter among the, the prey and spoil and riches. Yea, he shall forecast his devices, his plans. That's what devices usually mean is plans, thought processes against the strongholds, even for a time. And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with great, a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army, but he shall not stand for they shall forecast. So they have very 
<laughs> good plans forecast devices against them. Yea, they that feed the portion of his meat shall destroy him and the army shall overflow and many shall fall down slain. And both these kings heart shall be to do mischief and they shall speak lies at one table, but it shall not prosper for yet the end shall be at the time appointed. So they were doing well for a while, but at the end, it's not going to work out because evil will never work out in the end. But verse 28, then shall he return into his land with great riches and his heart shall be against the holy covenant and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. At the time appointed, he shall return and come toward the south, but it shall not be as the former or as the latter. For the ships of Kittim shall come against him. Therefore shall he be grieved and return and have indignation against the Holy Covenant. So shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the Holy Covenant. And arms shall stand on his part and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate and shall and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits and they that understand among the people shall instruct many and Yet they shall fall by the sword and by the flame, by captivity and by spoil many days. Now, when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with a little help. But many shall cleave to them with flatteries. And some of them understanding shall fall to try to make try them and to purge and to make them white, even at the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed and the king shall do according to his will and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished for that is determined shall, that that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, neither, nor regard any God for he shall magnify himself above all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, a God whom his fathers knew not. Shall he honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds. And with a strange God whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory. And he shall drive them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. And at that time of the end shall the king of the south push at him and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter into the glorious land and many countries shall be overthrown. But those but these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon. And he shall stretch forth his hand upon these countries 
and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold, of silver, and all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans, and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore shall he go forth with great fury to destroy it, and utterly to make away many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him. So we see this king or whoever this guy is, has a terrible ending. But all this time he had a lot of success and it wasn't even necessarily by force. But he came in subtly, just like Satan. He came subtly and discreetly i think the interesting things that you have to notice about this spirit and the thing is the more you read about the different evil people in the bible the more you see the same exact themes but the thing that's interesting about this specific one is how deceptive he was because he moved by flattery so he had these people he talked to them he puffed them up with compliments and falsehoods but people trusted it people trusted in his falsehoods he moved with the seat and people trusted it. The thing that was also deceptive about him is that he was not like his father's. He didn't worship like his father's did. So he was different, but just because he was different didn't make him good. He just had a different approach than his father's. He didn't do things the same way. He didn't worship the same way as them. So he was very deceptive and very well planned. Everything that he did was very well planned. So they were very well planned. They were very strategic. So he already planned to play games. And that's the thing with God. We we don't come up with our own plans as children of God. We learn the word of God. We study. But God will reveal his plans through his prophetic different. He has different channels of prophetic things that he can reveal to us. But he'll reveal his plans. But we don't make our plans. We live by his spirit, his testimony, his witness. And we'll have an episode, hopefully, I won't jump the gun, but hopefully we should have an episode talking about that witness that we have that guides us in everything that we do. But the thing is, this guy was a flatterer. He ended up taking over all of the fattest places, the richest places, spoiling all the nice things of the land and taking it for himself, moved by greed. At the end of the day, this is a strong man of foolishness because the thing is, as you read in the Bible, which we're going to read later as well, is foolishness is not necessarily stupidity because fools can prosper. But the thing is, their prosperity does not last. Fools are not necessarily stupid there, but their motivation is what blinds them. And the thing is, when you deal with a fool, it also can lead to your demise as well. The other thing that we need to notice with this type of character is that it did mischief and made covenants with people and it allied with people who are also moving by flatteries. So they moved by lies. They moved by flattery. They lived for riches and greed. They worshiped the God of forces. He magnified himself. So he was full of pride and he hated holiness that's a that's a very big indicator because the thing is you can sound good but at the end of the day 
The truth will be revealed about who you are, not by what you say, but by the fruits of what you do. Kind of like what I talked about this last episode, about the fruits of the way that you act, your conversation, like how the last episode, how it's talked about how the people will be won by the conversation of their wives. The people were won by the way that their wives acted or that's what he was warning against. And that happened from the very beginning with Adam. He was won by the conversation of his wife. Not only was he moving by lust, but he was also moving because he just followed what she did instead of being the leader that he was called to be. But the, it's that the people who weren't deceived were the people who were following after holiness to be set apart and to know the covenant of their God. And they had a fight, but it's a, they will be strong and do exploits. And that's the plan. That's the point of this episode is for everybody to be strong and to do exploits, to have their eyes open. And the way the core of all this, the core of the whole Bible is obedience. Just be obedient to what he said. Be obedient to that covenant, no matter who comes, no matter who, what people say, no matter how good it sounds, no matter how good they look, no matter how good the deals they make may look. It's a very important. I know one thing even for me, and I'm going to go into the next scripture here in a little bit, but when you're dealing with people who speak falsehoods and I already, like I said, wasn't really big on people who come and give compliments for one. I'm not used to it, but even as I started to get them more and more as I've grown up and done different things, it's uh, for one, there's a lot of people who are vain too. A lot of those people who are very big on puffing you up, the same people who puffed you up will be the same people who have just as much fun tearing you down. Now, that's not always the case. But the thing is, when you get puffed up by these flatteries, it sets you up for failure every single time. So when I start to sense that almost prideful thing start to come up, like not that I'm actually even being prideful, but it's almost like it's trying to feed that. I'm like, oh, I, I, I kind of have to reject that thing. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that I'm just like, oh, no, never say nothing nice to me. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. But it's very important that we do not, as the Bible say, think of ourselves more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. And I actually had some people um, even and, you know, I hate to say it, but and like I said, not that I think that they're terrible people. But I even had people who are fans of this podcast and I really got close with some of them and they came for the same reason and they left for the same reason. And that's the thing. Even if it's a good thing and even if they're right, you know, about some stuff, you it's very important for you. And the thing is, another thing that I learned, which it's not just something I learned through this, that specific scenario, but from other scenarios is when people come to you with that flattery for one, it's either a deception or B, if it's not deception, they still have a false expectation of who you are. So if they're coming to you with all this great grandiose things, they're building it off. Your friendship is already being built off of a uh, pride off of, um, not even pride only, but it's being built off of a pedestal. And the thing is, we're all people. We all are people. We all have flaws. But when people come to you by these flatteries, they don't necessarily see the flaws. So either way, it's going to lead to demise. So it's very important that we do not be moved by what people say, period. 
actually, because like I talked about earlier, one of the biggest issues that the Bible deals with in the Old and the New Testament is people cannot keep their eyes on God because they were covetous. They keep focusing on what people are saying, what people are doing. And so what did God say? No matter what people think, whether they're for it or against, keep the covenant of your God. Keep that agreement with God. That That's the thing. Be obedient. Keep agreement with God. Keep agreement with this word, no matter what it looks like, no matter what anybody says, keep agreement with God and you will be strong and do exploits. That's the key. I can end the episode right there, but there's more that I want to go into. So I know that was a longer story and I probably could have cut that short. I didn't really read. Like I said, I didn't this episode and really how I've been operating as I've gone more and more, not just for the podcast, but just as I've spoke, I've been very impromptu. I've just been open and stuff. I know some of the story sometimes, but you know, sometimes we're just going with the leading, but I kind of have an idea of some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about today. But like I said, I didn't pre plan any of that. So I pray that I'm not being boring or anything like that, but I'm just going to do what I'm led. And at the end of the day, the word of God, even if it's just a story, is going to do much more than anything I could say. So the next passage of scripture is actually going to be in Ezekiel chapter 13. And this is about some different false prophets. So the thing is, the king that got in by flatteries, he came in peaceably. It's very important that we notice that word peaceable, peaceably, not just peacefully, but peaceably. They had a peaceful appearance. They had an appearance that looked nice. They came in with flatteries and falsehoods. And that's the thing. We cannot just be deceived by false peace because there's a false peace that leads to destruction. And that's a very consistent theme that we see throughout the Bible as well. The, uh, the devil had a false promise of knowledge and riches. And the thing is, at the end of the day, you're going to know who's speaking and what source this is based off of if it brings true peace to the spirit for one, but two, what the fruits are at the end, because did Eve get knowledge? Yes, but she ended up naked and ashamed. It led to demise anyway. So the thing is true peace can come and true peace can come even in something that we don't even want to hear. We don't desire to hear. But the thing is, the peace of God can work that out within us and it will build us up. The true peace brings edification, but false peace ends up tearing down our borders. And that's exactly what this is going to be talking about. False prophets. So Ezekiel chapter 13, starting with verse one, and it says the following. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel and them that prophesy and say thou unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, well unto the foolish. Keep in mind that word foolish. Foolishness. This is going to be a theme that I'm going to be emphasizing. What is foolishness? We're going to talk a little bit about this at the end of this podcast too. Well unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, thy prophets are like the foxes in the desert. Ye have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand up in the day of battle in, in the battle in the day of the Lord. They have seen vanity 
and lying divination, saying, The Lord saith, and the Lord hath not sent them. And they have made others to hope or to have an expectation that they would confirm the word. That's a that's a telltale sign right there. When people keep asking whenever they say they have a word of the Lord, what do you think? What do you think that <laughs> I have stories? I have stories, but I'm not going to tell them today. But I have stories on that. That's a telltale sign of a false prophet. If they need you to confirm, how do they react? When they, how do they react when you they give you this funny word or prophecy? How do they react? Do they care how you react? Really, if it's a true prophecy and it's the thing is, if it's a prophecy, it's not their word. It did not come out of their heart. So their heart's not really going to be attached to it. Yes, they may care for you and desire for you to make the right decision with that. But at the end of the day, whether you're set to reject it, it's really not going to sway them either way, because a true prophecy doesn't come from the heart anyway. So a prophecy, that's the thing. You're not going to be attached to it. So and they can reject it because it's not your word. But when they when they get offended, when you reject that stuff, that's a telltale sign. That's a false prophet. But anyway, they would have other people who have a false hope and they would hope that they would confirm the word. Verse seven. Have you not seen vain vision? This comes through disobedience. I've actually had this happen to me before. Some of my strongest experiences. That's why I said we cannot move by experience alone, but we have to have that aspect of truth. We have to have that true inner peace that comes through the spirit of God, because the false peace will lead to confusion and tumult and destruction. You will have false experiences. I've had the most intense experiences I've had in spirituality, period have been the false ones. The false ones are so much louder, so much more intense. I've had literal trances. Now I've had some attacks too. There's some, there's some attacks too, but I've had some that were very deceptive for the intent of deception. I've had powerful trances, powerful dreams, powerful encounters that without discernment and without testing it could have completely messed up my life, held up my life, and let me down a path of deception. So it's very important that we have obedience and that we test everything and that we learn to discern between good and evil. So anyways, have you not seen a vain vision and have you not spoken lying divination? Whereas you say the Lord saith, albeit I have not spoken another telltale sign of a false prophet. God said, God said every five seconds, God said, God said, God said, the thing is when you start to get integrity in the Lord, and it's not to say that you can never say, you know, that God said, but the thing is you, you don't even need to do that because for one, you're not too attached to that. Like, yes, you care about what God said, but you're not going to use that to manipulate or to flatter people or to show you I'm spiritual, blah, blah, blah. You like, it's not to say you can never talk about a dream or a vision that you had, but the thing is, you don't use that as a way to gain advantage or to take advantage or to take an opportunity gain foolishness. That's a foolish prophet, someone that's looking to gain something. That's the, that's the motivation behind the intention behind foolishness. But the word of God will cut right through that. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two edged sword. So it's going to cut between the heart and then it's intense. So that's the purpose of this. And that's the purpose of me going through the different principles that I'm going to be going through to help you to discern this. So a lot of these people, they're going to speak. God said, God told me. And, I, and here's the thing. We can even be foolish and say, God said, like, 
I know there's one time where I did do this. Maybe what, what grade was I in? Maybe sophomore year. Uh, there's a girl that I talked to and it didn't really work out very well at church camp. So I decided to be spiritual or something like that. And said, so, you know, the Lord was leading me. The Lord wasn't leading me. I was tired of that. So I, was, I let, like, why did I have to bring God into that? And that, that brings judgment upon you anyway. Like, I mean, yes, that was done in innocence, but that can bring judgment upon you. Now, I don't necessarily remember anything, but like I said, if, if you live a lifestyle, that, that's going to cause a breach. So it's very important that we don't play around with God's word, that we don't joke, even joke around about that. Just be you just do what you say. You know, I felt led to say this, you know, test the spirit. And some people who've gotten uh, encouraging texts, you know, prayers of anything warning. I always say that. Just test the spirit. I don't, I don't care what you do with it. I don't care if you decide to go a thousand miles. I mean, I do, you know, hope you don't, but I don't care. I mean, care means to worry. That's what it means. I, I'm not going to worry about it. It's your life. You're going to live it. You're the one that decides if you des- desire to go to heaven or not. You're the one that desires if you want to go to it through a tribulation or not. And you're the one that, des- that needs to be able to discern. Maybe I'm wrong. So it's not about that. That's why it's very important for us not to be moving by our hearts, but to have our hearts reformed after God and to seek after him and not to be moving out of our own passions and lust for gain. That's foolishness. And that's what the scripture is exposing is the lying divination that God said. And, oh, I saw this and I saw this and I liked it. So I'm going to keep going with that, even though I'm not sure where the source of this is, if this actually came from God or if this is vanity. And the thing is, even with dreams, dreams are from God. A lot of them are. And even in the Bible talks about how God will give dreams. And there's so many things that God does in dreams, but it also talks about how there's a multitude of vanities in the dream. So just because you like something doesn't mean it's a God thing. Just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's a God thing. And just because it's a bad thing doesn't mean it's not a God thing. So that's why we need to make sure we pray on everything and we do not move by our hearts, but that we renew our minds, use a little bit of our minds, use our understanding. I know some people preach with faith that you don't use your mind or any logic or reasoning. The Bible does not say that anywhere. Now, we don't go into arguments and make philosophies that are against the Bible, but we need to use a godly mindset. Set our mind on things above, as Colossians chapter three would say. So we should use our mind. We do not move just solely off of our emotions or anything. And at the end of the day, we need to move by the spirit and we know the spirit and we test the spirit by the word. So we need to make sure that we are solid in our prayer life and our reading so that we're not deceived and we don't deceive ourselves. Because the thing is, once you say God said you have to and you figure out you're wrong, you got to go back on that. And people are going to laugh at you and you're going to look stupid because you didn't count the cost. So, and a lot of people do that with relationships. That's probably the biggest culprit, the worst one. But there may be other things like God was going to take me here. God's going to take me there and it don't happen. That's embarrassing. Or you realize this wasn't from God and you actually have to go back on that. And you don't want to make God sound schizophrenic. Or you could say God is schizophrenic and be like, well, God, God told me to get married. God told me to divorce. God didn't tell you to divorce. He hates divorce. So the thing is, it's all foolishness because you're going off of your heart and I need to finish reading this because I have more scriptures to read and I'm already at the 30 minute mark, 35 something minute mark. So I'm going to continue reading. So uh, verse eight, therefore, thus saith the Lord, because you have spoken vanity and seen lies, therefore, behold, I am against you, saith the Lord. 
Mine hand shall be upon the prophets that see vanity and divine lies. They shall not be in the assembly of my people, neither shall they be written in the writing of the house of Israel, neither shall they enter into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord God, because even they have seduced my people, saying peace. And there was no peace and one built up a wall and lo, others daubed it with untempered mortar, meaning basically whitewashed. Like there's no structure to it saying, say unto them that daub with daub it with untempered mortar, that it shall fall and there shall be an overflowing shower and ye, O great hailstone shall fall and a stormy wind shall rend it. Lo, when the wall is fallen, shall it not be said unto you, where is the daubing wherewith ye have daubed it? Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I will rend it with a stormy wind in my fury, and there shall be an overflowing shower in mine anger and great hailstones in my fury to consume it. So will I break down the wall that ye have daubed with untempered mortar and bring it down to the ground so that the foundation thereof shall be discovered and it shall fall and ye shall be consumed in the midst thereof and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Thus saith the, thus will I accomplish my wrath upon the wall and upon them that have daubed it with untempered mortar and will say unto you, the wall is no more, neither they that daubed it to wit the prophets of Israel, which prophesy, concerning Jerusalem, which see visions of peace for her. And there is no peace, saith the Lord God. The thing you have to realize is the Lord is the God of peace. The Lord is the Prince of peace. He governs the peace. So if you have no covenant with God, if you're not obeying him, you have no peace. So the peace that you have is false and it's not going to last. So God will test the foundation of your wall. God will test the foundation of anything that you have. Anything that you have for the spirit, he's going to test it. Anything that you have in your life can be tested and will be tested, especially if there's something prophetic attached to it. It's going to be tested by God and the test from God. If it's a God thing, it's going to stand. And if it's not a God thing, it's going to fall. And if you trust it in it, it's going to be embarrassing. If you trust it in it, there's going to be breach in your wall. But at the end of the day, it will be revealed. You will know people by their fruits. You will know wisdom by its fruits. You will know wisdom, meaning because there's a difference between knowledge, wisdom, and understanding knowing, like I said, it's important for people to know the etymology or the truth. That's what Eddie means. Truth. What the true meaning is not the definitions that change over time, but what does the true root mean? Because it's going to mean the same thing when we speak it in the spirit. So to know basically means to see, to be wise or wisdom means experience or learning and understanding is something that you can stand upon. So the thing is with wisdom to know wisdom, to know if your experience is true, because it talks about an experience that descends from below and an experience that comes from heaven in James chapter three, to know if your experience is true, you got to be able to test it. The thing is experience is important, but not everything you learn is true. Not everything you experience is true. Experience is important and you need it. You need it, but you need to make sure it's the right experience.
So I'm going to finish up this chapter. Chapter uh, verse 17, now shifting from the prophets to the prophetesses. So kind of dealing with both of the spirits we were talking about, ignorance and want, foolishness and ignorance. uh, Or what was I saying? Foolishness and ignorance. Oh, that's what I meant to say. Foolishness and seduction or strangeness, the strange woman that's mentioned. Like I said, these are two spirits kind of doing the same exact thing. One's more masculine, one's more feminine, but they're doing the same thing. And they both like to use the spirit. And the thing is, let me finish reading this and then I'm going to make that point. Okay. Verse 17. Likewise, thou son of man, set thy face against the daughters of thy people, which prophesy out of their own heart and prophesy thou against them and say, Thus saith the Lord, woe to the woman that sue pillows to all armholes and make kerchiefs upon the head of every statue to hunt souls. Will you hunt the souls of my people and will you save souls alive that come unto you? Will you pollute me among my people for handfuls of barley and for pieces of bread gain to slay the souls that should not die and to save souls alive that should not live by your lying to my people that hear your lies? Wherefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I'm against your pillows wherewith ye there hunt the souls to make them fly. And I will tear them from your arms and will let the souls go, even the souls which ye hunt to make them fly. Your kerchiefs also will I tear and deliver my people out of your hand and there shall be no more in your hand to be hunted and ye shall know that I am the Lord because with lies ye have made the heart of the righteous sad whom I have not made sad and strengthened the hands of the wicked that he should not return from his wicked way by promising him life therefore shall ye see no more vanity and divine divinations for I will Deliver my people out of your hand and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So what is wickedness? And we're, we, we'll, I might have an episode on this that talks more in depth. But wickedness is a burden, toilsome. It doesn't even necessarily mean evil, but it, it, they, it means burdensome, toilsome. God's will is not for you to be toilsome. So if you're going to church and you're feeling toilsome, something's not right. But the thing I want to focus on with this is, for one, they're both motivated by gain. But two... The thing is, you'd be surprised the spirits that operate often in church, especially when it comes to spiritual things. And two of the biggest ones that I've come to recognize are, like I said, foolishness. And the other one is wickedness. Another way to say it is want and ignorance. Jezebel and Balaam. Uh, Like I said, I'm going to expound on this within a few episodes as I felt feel led and I'll be talking about other principles, but I really want to focus on this principle of deception here. But the thing is the wickedness is still moving off of their own desire and causing deception, causing a false spirituality, mixing spirituality. The thing is what, what happened with the seduction or the flattery of their words? It brought pollution. That's the thing. The seduction, the flatteries, it brings pollution to the holy things. It brings pollution because people are moving off of their own will. And there's more things I could say about this thing, about like making them fly. There's actually a reason why it says that if you're seeing somebody in your dream making you fly and you're losing gravity, 
you're losing gravity not gravity like literal just literal gravity but what does it mean to have gravity to have self-control like if you dream of stuff like that there's a, like i said there's a lot of stuff in the bible that you you have to pay attention to pray for wisdom and revelation but like i said these different spirits these can operate and they look good if you do not have discernment, if you do not know how to tell the difference between good and evil, you will fall for these false prophecies and these false prophetesses who move by gain and deception, but are actually polluting your spirit, bringing corruption as this other king did that I brought up earlier. It brought corruption. It polluted the holy place. And that's exactly what falsehood does. Falsehood, flattery, seduction, deception. This is the lifestyle of these false ministers. So next up, I have second Corinthians chapter 11, and it says the following. Would ye would to God that you bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me for I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your minds keep in mind, minds renewing of the spirit of your mind as Romans chapter 12 says, the mind is very important. I know I started to talk a little bit about that towards the end of the last few episodes of this last season. But the thing is, God does not the faith does not make us get rid of our mind. Faith renews our mind so that we focus and we think. We pray with the spirit and with understanding. Understanding requires thought. And the thing is, I think the best way to describe it is when I'm doing computer science, for example, there's something called kernel programming or software. I forget. And that's terrible, but we're I'm on summer break. So give me a break. But anyway, there's something called a kernel. So basically there's the outer shell of the program. And then there's the inner the inner part of the program, which is like the kernel. And the thing is, that's kind of like what our soul is. So we have our flesh, the outer body, kind of like an egg. Then we have the egg white and then we have the yolk. That's kind of the same way with us. So we have the flesh all the way on the outside and in the vessel of the flesh, we have our soul, which is our mind, will and emotions. I can even do a whole episode about the soul, but it says your life is in the blood and where does your blood flow through your mind, through your heart, through your different other organs. So where your blood flows, that's where your soul is at. And then even where our senses are used maybe you can even include the nerves in that. I don't know. And then your spirit is inside of that even deeper inside of that. Another thing, uh, spirit and actually, I'm not even going to go too deep into that because I'm going to go way off track and I already am at the 46 minute mark, but I'm going to, I'm going to do an episode probably on that principle. But the thing is our soul is what this is all about. And if our spirit is being renewed, it also affects our soul. It affects the way that we feel about different things. It gives us control over our emotions. It gives us control over our thoughts. But the thing is, we need to learn how to use our thoughts towards the Lord and not towards the flesh. To walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Notice it doesn't say walk in the soul. Because the thing is, your soul is the one that decides whether you're going to walk in the spirit or the flesh. 
whether you're going to think in the spirit of the flesh, whether you're going to feel out of your spirit or out of your flesh. So we need to use our minds. So back to verse three, talking about not letting your mind be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, another thing, there's a difference between being simple and being foolish, and I'm going to cover that here in a little bit. But the thing is, there is a simplicity to Christ. But Psalm 19, it talks about the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So the thing is, the way of the Lord is simple to understand at first, but it's not going to keep you simple, but it makes you wise. So there's a difference between being simple and being foolish. And we're going to cover that here in a little bit, but let's focus on this passage now. And hopefully I don't get on another tangent. So the simplicity that is in Christ verse four, for he that cometh preacheth, he that cometh preaches another Jesus be concerned they're using Jesus name. So don't be fooled just because somebody can say Jesus, somebody evil can say Jesus. They have to, but there's so much more to just being able to say Jesus. So Satan's a little more crafty than not being able to say Jesus. Uh, so they preach another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit. So there's a spiritual experience that you can have that ye had not received from him or another gospel, another way, which ye have not accepted. Ye might bear well with them. Bear might well bear with them. For I suppose I was not a wit behind the very chiefest apostles, but though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been thoroughly made manifest among you in all things. Have I committed an offense in abasing myself that ye might be exalted because I have preached to you the gospel freely? I have robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service. And when I was present with you and wanted or lacked, I was chargeable to no man for that which was lacking to me. The brethren from, came from Macedonia supplied me and in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you. And so will I keep myself as the truth of Christ is in me. No man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Wherefore, because uh, I love you not, God knoweth, but what I do is to cut that will I do that I may cut off occasion to them, which desire occasion that, Wherein they glory, they be found even as we. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves to, into apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed into ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. I say again, let no man think me a fool. Otherwise, yet as a fool, receive me that I may boast myself of a little that which I speak. I speak it not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly. Now, keep in mind the way that he's speaking, the foolish way he's speaking and this confidence of boasting. So seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory also 
For ye suffer fools gladly, seeing ye yourselves are wise. For ye suffer if a man bring you into bondage, and if a man devour you, if a man take of you, and if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face. I speak as concerning a reproach, howbeit as though we had been weak, howbeit whensoever any is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Are they Hebrew? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they of the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes above measure in prison, more frequent in depths off of the Jews. Five times received I 40 stripes, save one thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned thrice. I suffered shipwreck a night and a day. I have been in the deep. And journeyings often, and perils of waters, and perils of robbers, and perils of mine own country, and perils of the heathen, and perils of the city, and perils of the wilderness, and perils of the sea, and the perils among false brethren, and weariness, and painfulness, and watchings often, and hunger, and thirst, and fastings often, and cold, and in nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches." Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is offended, and I am not, and I burn not? If I must needs glory, I will glory in the things which concern my infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed be forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. Damascus, the governor under arrest, Artis, the king kept the city of the Damascenes with a garrison, desirous to apprehend me, and through a window in a basket, I was let down by the wall and escaped in his hands. So, escaped his hands. So, there's a few things to note here. For one, he said that he was not moved by gain. He was not even moved by his want. He wasn't moved by his lacks. And this is a way a deceitful minister moves. Oh, I need to pay bills. Let's give a prophetic word. Oh, uh, the Lord said, give a thousand dollars. So we see 10 people are sowing the seed of a thousand dollars. Why they go prophetic on you? Because they need, they are lacking, or maybe they just are desirous of more money. But Paul didn't do that. Paul didn't even ask them for more money. Instead, he, he, he had people that were going to take care of him dealing with these people. But what about these false apostles and deceitful workers? They desired occasion. Their focus was on opportunity to jump through whatever hoops they had to jump through to get the, what they desired, to get the attention that they lacked, to get the riches that they lacked, to get the privilege that they lacked. It's really a fool is moved by their insecurity. That's a great way to sum it up. And the thing is, what happened when Paul was speaking foolishly? He was speaking about all his boasts and glorying and all that stuff when he was speaking as a fool. But when he got back to the truth, he said, when I really if I'm going to boast in anything, I'm going to boast in the Lord. If I'm going to boast in anything, I'm going to boast about how weak I am and how much I need God and how much God has helped me in my weaknesses and my infirmities. Because the thing is, the deeper you grow in Christ, the more you realize that you're not really anything. Because Paul went from saying he was the chief apostle to saying I'm the least of all the apostles I'm the greatest of sinners why is that because the closer you get to God the more you realize you're inadequate the closer you get to God the more you realize and people may try to paint you as being pride for whatever but the more you close you get to God you realize I'm nothing I can never 
be this but you you start to get more discipline you get closer because we transform as if you continue to mortify your flesh and to live after the spirit you continue to change you do grow but the thing is the closer you get the more you realize wow god is so vast god is so much better than me and he's helped me get here because there's no way i can do this by myself i am a fool and even when I thought I was doing well, I found out another way I was doing something wrong. But glory to God, because he saved me and he's still working on me. And it's only through him that I'm even having the power that I have. And the thing is, if you don't learn it that way, and even if you do learn it that way, God, Paul goes on to talk about how he has a thorn in his flesh, which is not sin. But he has a thorn in his flesh that afflicted him. The thing is, God will give you afflictions. He will teach you how to love even through trials and how to love him to be obedient to him, not just based off of the blessing or your lack, but to love through all those different things. So the thing is one key thing that you can tell a difference between these foolish ways or these deceitful workers, these seducing spirits, which I haven't even gone deep into that, but these flattering people, they're operating out of foolishness. They're operating out of their own desires their own insecurity but when you have christ or what did it say it says that um the way of the gospel is there's simplicity in christ and the thing is the testimony of the lord is sure making wise is simple so you may be simple anybody can understand the gospel of christ but the thing is it's sure it's not insecure. It's sure. And all the ways of the Lord are sure. You may not understand everything, but all the ways of the Lord are sure and it will give you peace. But these people don't move off of peace. They give false peace and they move off of falsehoods. They may even do false miracles. They may even do real miracles, but not know the Lord because they're boasting off of the fact that they're moving off of miracles all the time. And they may be videotaping it all the time. They're not moving off of because why do you need to videotape that? Who's who's really getting the glory out, out of you videotaping every single miracle, every single thing that you're doing? Is God really getting the glory out of that? Does God really need you to do that? Because God can spread his own fame and he can even give you honor. He's not against giving people honor. But when you do that yourself, you're operating foolishly. So the final area I want to go into, and we're going to go deeper into some of these different spirits and how we need to work that out of ourselves and how to discern that in others and how to discern that so that we're not deceived because it's in the church wickedness and foolishness ignorance and lack people who are motivated by their ignorance and by their lack ignoring the commandment they're disobedient the children of disobedience the children of babylon balaam and jezebel these are very consistent themes that we as disciples need to learn how to be disciplined not to act this way and not to be motivated by this and to remove these things because we have to put off before we put on we have to mortify before a seed must first die before it produces fruits so we need to make sure that we work out these different things so that we can work in the different things the kingdom of god the last shall be first and the first shall be last so lifeo system meaning it's fifo and lifeo so fifo First in, first out is the first person that gets in line is the first one out. So if you're in line and you're at a fast food restaurant, 
you're the first one in line, you're the first one going to come out. But LIFO systems are a little different because it's kind of like a shelf at Walmart or a stack of papers to where if you desire to get to the bottom of a stack or like Pez, you have to take off what's on top before you get to the bottom. So in order to properly lay the foundation of Christ, you need to uproot everything that is on top of it and put it on the very bottom. You need to uproot your evil motives. You need to uproot your evil mindsets. You need to uproot all these different things. And that's what repentance is. That's why repentance is the first part of salvation. So without going too long, I'm going to try to wrap up this episode. And like I said, we're going to talk about some different things, but this is the one I felt like doing today. And the final passage is going to be Proverbs chapter one where it's going to highlight some of these different themes that I've been talking about these last, this episode and the last episode. So Proverbs chapter one, verse one, and it says the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, King of Israel to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding, to receive instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity to give subtlety to the simple. Cause if you have subtlety, you won't be deceived by subtlety to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain to wise counsels to understand a proverb and interpretation, the word of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, entice, keep in mind, the sinners, the way of error, if they entice thee, consent not, do not agree with it. Do not come into covenant with it. Stay in the covenant with God. Stay in the way of wisdom, the learning, the experience of God and the instruction of God. So stay in the way that is obedient, the way that you've learned, the old ways, as we talked about in the last episode. The thing is, God doesn't change. Nothing's changed. So consent not with the ways of the sinners that entice thee. If they say, come, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for innocent the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son walk not in the way with them refrain thy foot from their path for their feet run to evil and make case to shed blood surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird and they that lay wait for their own blood they lurk privily for their own lives so are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain which taketh away the life of the owners thereof wisdom crieth without she uttereth her voice in the streets she crieth in the chief places of the concourse and in the openings of the gates in the city she uttereth her words saying how long will you simple ones love simplicity and the scorners delight in the scornings and fools hate knowledge turn you at me turn you at my reproof and behold i will pour out my spirit unto you and will make known my words unto you 
Because I've called and you refuse, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set at not all my counsel and with none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity and will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation and destruction cometh as whirlwind and distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early and they shall not find me for that. They hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They will none of my counsel and despise them my reproof. Therefore shall they eat the fruit of their own way and shall be filled with their own devices for the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Like I was saying earlier, you'll get, you can get your prosperity, but it's going to destroy you. But whoso shall hearken unto me, wisdom shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. So there's a lot of revelation that is in this. First of all, I know whenever I would read this, it didn't really make sense to me when it talked about when sinners try to entice the, the consent and it talked about laying wait for blood and stuff like that. And I was like, who does that? Like, I mean, some people do that, but who like, why would you tell somebody that like most people aren't going to try to join a gang or something like that? But the thing is, it said, so are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. So you may not literally be joining a gang. You may not literally be doing this or that. But when you partner up with people who are greedy, when you don't fail to discern people who entice, who flatter, who are speaking with you and promising all this different stuff. When you fail to discern that you're going to be taken in the same way that they are. And it's going to take their life. The way of their prosperity is going to destroy them. Everything that they gain is going to be their very destruction. They're, they're going to eat their own fruits of their own way. They're going to be filled with the way, their own plans. Their plans are going to fail because the Lord establishes our steps. So we can't make our own devices. And the thing is, it says, if you forsake wisdom, if you forsake the way that you've learned in the Lord, if you forsake the counsel, which is the thoughts of God, and we go off of our own thoughts, if you forsake the reproof of God, the light of God, the fire of God that exposes our intentions, if we are like, no, I'm offended, even though, you know, and the thing is, we don't always like to receive rebuke and reproof or you know, an exposure of the things that we're doing. But the thing is, the point of reproof is for restoration to get you on the right path. But if you're like, nah, you're you're a hater, you're this or that, you're going to end up walking into a path of destruction, because when you walk in a foolish way, your fear will always come upon you, because when you are moved by deception, it always brings desolation and destruction. When you are moved by seduction it always brings destruction so we need to make sure that we be careful who we pair up with that we be careful even like i said even within church because the thing is when it talks about wheats and tares when it talks about the wolves and the sheep's clothing and it talks about the the sheep and the rams or not the rams the sheep and the goats these are talking about not Christians and witches or maybe witches, but it's not talking about Christians and Satanists, but it's talking about people who are church folk and people who are actually serving God. Cause there's a lot of, and that's why I was even careful to say witches because there's a lot of people in church that do witchcraft either unknowingly 
by the words for speak speaking death and manipulating because that's what basic pharmacon is witchcraft if you look at the word it's not even just drugs it's not even just pharmacia it's charms it's deception it's chanting there's a lot of different things to wickedness this witchcraft so and the point of all of this is greed and gain the point of all this foolishness the thing that separates a fool from simple simple people are just a little bit ignorant but foolishness has a motivation and we I want to desire today to pray against the spirit of foolishness, to pray against the deception, to pray against the flattery so that we move in covenant with God and not in consent and in not in covenant with any foolish way. So as I come to a close this episode, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for everything you provided for us. And I pray, Lord, that you would enlighten our eyes by your commandment, by your word, that you would wash us and that you would divide between our hearts and our tent. I pray, Lord, that your wisdom would reveal the things that we've learned today by reading your word, where we're at, where we stand, where our mind is, where our heart is, and that you would renew it, that you would cleanse our mindsets by the fear of the Lord. For the fear of the Lord is clean and endureth forever. So lead us and guide us in the fear of the Lord. Lead us and guide us in the way of obedience, in the way of your love. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would break every veil of deception, that you would reveal every hidden enemy, every hidden device of the enemy, and that we would separate it, that you would break every covenant of every evil enemy. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give wisdom and revelation as we pray that we would not ignore the signs that you've given us, that we would keep covenant with you, that we would keep walking and that we will return to the path if we've ever strayed so that we will not be caught in the snare of the wicked. I pray, Lord, that you would break and pull down for greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. And we have a stronger thing. We have a stronger force within us. That is you, Jesus. So we pray that you would pull down the strong man of pride, that you would pull down the strong man of flattery, that you would pull down the strong man of foolishness and wickedness. These two evil spirits that are trying to work in the church right now. I pray, Lord, that you would raise up watchmen at this time, that you would raise up people that would be watchful and prayerful at all times in the night and in the day at all times that we will be watchful and prayerful and that we will not be deceived by the deceitful workers, but that we will operate out of love first to you and obedience and also for love to others that we will gird up our mind and that we will not be deceived that you would pour out your discernment that we may discern between good and evil, not just the appearance because the kingdom of God does not come with observation so that we will not walk by the flesh and that we will not just go off of what we can see on the outside, but that we will learn how to perceive in the inner tent so that we will learn to move off of our discernment and move by your peace. We thank you. We praise you and we glorify your name in your holy name. We pray Let your will be done in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I'm not going to extend this any longer than what it's already been. There's a lot more I had to say about the different spirits of seduction, the different spirits of deception and the foolishness. And I'll continue to hit on this principles and different aspects of these principles. This is kind of like an intro into that kind of course on that, that I've studied a lot on recently, but we will go along with that as God reveals different timing to do the teachings on that. But I pray Lord that God will guide you and that you would test this word, that you would read for yourself, that you would pray 
for yourself, not just listen to this podcast, but that you would pray for yourself and get guiding from the spirit that you would remember to be obedient to God and to seek him first in all your ways and everything that you lack. You will never have to be foolish because if you seek him first, everything that you lack will be added unto you. So I pray that you guys all have a wonderful and blessed day and we will have you on the podcast next time. But until then, God bless.